Always get disoriented because Discord cuts out the sound of a clap, and so I never know if people's yeah. mics yeah. are like if or clocks are synced in. Maybe I should just do what I've been doing uh, whenever I was asleep and I want to like be on call with somebody, but I don't want to like talk all that much and just like hook up my fucking guitar pedal to my audio interface and then use MIDI to key to like make it a push to talk button <laughs> using a foot pedal for push to talk is like the next level of push to talk honestly it is a time honored raid tactic honestly it's great Pe- like, I love it people have been doing that since fucking EverQuest it's great I adore it no, it, it's perfect, but then, then you do that and all the claps happen. Everything happens in the call. Everything. There is a... I've heard of a new t- of a new technique that people have been using, which is a different website that is itself using, like, the time.is API. And basically, it makes beeps. Like, it's a website that you go onto, and then it, it's, like, synced up to the same clock as time.is. But you can set it so that it'll like beep every 30 seconds or every 15 seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you set up your recording session and then everyone goes on that website and then holds up like on their phone. And then they hold the phone up to their their microphone. So it'll hmm. just be like a fully automated on the minute there's a beep at every time. Uh, Interesting. At every so for everyone, so it's like an automated clap. There is no room for human error, or very a lot less. If you want to like link it, we can definitely check that out. Probably like I don't think it's actually necessary or even helpful. I just think it's fair. It is cool. I just like I just think it's an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. In the same way that other some other podcasts, what they do is they go on time dot is and then they time the start of the recording. Yeah, that one seems tough, honestly. I need you all to know, I wrote the entirety of my notes during the queue it took for uh, Nova and I to get into Puppets Bunker last night. (laughs) Because it Mm. it took a while. Uh, But uh, I think we were in queue for, like, straight up, like, 80 minutes. Something like that. But, uh, you know, we've watched Bleach. Uh, I... You know, I think it is interesting that our show has, like, somewhat now shifted to a bi-weekly schedule unintentionally. Uh, 
if if you can call it that, bi-weekly sometimes. Sometimes. On average. On average. Listen, I don't think anybody was ever complaining, except us, that the chaos wasn't in this show. But Hmm. it's here. It's here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're Um, just uh, stretching out the Quinn season. Oh, yeah. Just really, really making sure that you get as much time with me as possible, which is to say, you know, we're not getting that much time together as we delay. Exactly. (laughs) See, well, the thing is, like, Quinn makes us a lot of money, like a ton of money. We, We just we're raking in the big bucks now that we have, like, right. a celebrity on the show. Yeah, I also, I do have to pay a fee um, every week. Yeah. And if the cancellation isn't within, like, a 48-hour, you know, it's not more than 48 hours before the time of recording, uh, then I still have to pay the, the session fee. Which is really advantageous to us, because we can just get free money by, say, there's a cancellation. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like, the, the cancellation fee, like, applies whether it's Quinn that cancels or one of us that cancels. And yeah, maybe exactly. you should have had a lawyer, like, read the contract, I think. I, yeah, that's that's on my, that's that's on me. It is eternally binding, and if, if you look under Section B, you can see you actually signed it with your blood. Um, I did, So yeah. it is soul binding. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but you're locked here forever. Oof. Personally, that is where I would have been asking questions. <laughs> where it says, "Put that step step three. Put down your pen. Grab the blood signing implement." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not even clear on how that works. It just does. It just does. I guess also, <laughs> like, as as long as we're in this sort of loose goose sort of space here, I do want to say everybody be on the lookout. We're recording this episode a day before the Yule Lads start to arrive. When this episode comes out, you should be eyes like a hawk looking out for Gully Gawk. He's going to hide in your gullies, waiting for opportunities to sneak into your cow shed and steal your milk. I, I will I will be sure to have all my traps prepared around the house. All of them. There's 13 of these guys, and a new one's coming every day. Well, you know, the good thing is I have 14 traps, so I think I'm safe. Okay, fingers Uh, crossed. (laughs) One can only hope. Uh, That being said, uh, I I think it is important to note that, assuming we do get an episode out next week, the week after that we are taking a break. For surezies, because that Sunday, our normal recording day, like two weeks from now, is literally Christmas Day, which also happens to be my anniversary with Nova. So, like, I- I'm not recording that day. That's <laughs> yeah, not no happening. way. Like, I don't think any of us want to talk about Bleach on Christmas. I will. Pro- I will probably be more interested in talking ab- about Bleach than whatever it is th- that I'm doing. But I will also be far away from my computer at this time. I'm just going to be That's... at home being chill. We usually take it easy. Yeah, no, nothing really uh, going on this year for me either. But, you know, I, I it, it's just going to be a good chill day. And we will we will hopefully get something out next week and make this into a weekly podcast and then a bi-weekly podcast again. It's mm-hmm. going to be a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, But that being said, welcome to the Hell Dimension. This is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewash podcast. 
And, you know, I'm your co-host, Florence. And I'm your co-host, Sam. I'm your co-host, Quinn. I don't think I've disclosed to either of you two that I have not slept. Oh, okay. That accounts for some stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Things are clicking into place. <laughs> you're you're putting the pieces together? Yeah, I can see the matrix now. I get it. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh well, boy howdy folks. Have you heard of Zompok Toes getting released? Because the first episode this week is 182. Oh my guys, true strength Zompokto is released. Does that shit happen in Bleach? Do they do that? Sometimes. Uh, this might be the first time. I, I'm thinking maybe second, but, you know, we'll, I, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. I do want to note that I could not remember and I could not be asked to, like, figure out which episode this was of our show. So up at the very top, I wrote IWO95 question mark. 96 question mark i think it's 95 it is 95 i i ended up checking later but it it was too late i kept it (laughs) for sure that this all being said though several soul reapers run through the streets as underground each go and the group decided wow i i can't do sentences several soul reapers run through the streets uh, as underground, Ichigo and the group decide to hang out here for now. Ichigo asks Kenogi if he has any idea of where the real Ruichio may be, but Kenogi reveals he's never actually walked outside the estate grounds. He was always too afraid to sneak out. I do like the detail here that he's like, I mean, I've seen the outside from, like, my palanquin sometimes. Yes. He's like, <laughs> you know, sometimes when I'm in my palanquin... And they're carrying me around. I see the outside world. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. God. It, every time I'm like, I think I might like Kenogi, actually. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm a noble. <laughs> and like, the nobly ass noble who hasn't seen anything. And I'm like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ichigo says they'll just have to invade the estate again, and Rukio questions if it's even a good idea, with Kenryu having been captured. Why don't they mention Enryu here at all? Because Enryu's not a character. That's true. He kind of is just there, and makes a gesture gesture sometimes, and uh, is a joke, and that sucks still. Um, Kenryu might- Enryu may as well just be, like, Kenryu's third arm. As far, like, as much as him being a character is. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Ichigo asks Kenogi if he knows the mansion grounds, and Kenogi says yes, but it's so big that he doesn't know at all. Um, Soifon's group says they haven't found Ichigang yet, while she dismisses them and thinks back to her recent encounter with Ichigo. And by thinks back to her recent encounter, I mean she, like, thinks about it, and doesn't really come to any conclusions at all. Very strange use of screen time. Yeah, yeah she's, no. <laughs> she's just like, hmm, he was like, hey, Soifan, give us some time to figure this out. She's like, maybe, yeah, she- no, actually, I'm, I'm just going to arrest him anyway. I, I don't we'll think We'll jail it's- everyone and they'll sort it out later, basically. That's what she says. Yeah, she says, we can answer these questions after they're arrested. 
God, what a fucking cop. I don't think it's ever been more apparent to me that we're in a filler season this season than these two episodes. (laughs) Because everyone's characterization resets to what it was the first time you see them in the Soul Society arc. (laughs) But But not only that, it does this, and then in the second episode... There's a flip that gets, there's a switch that gets yes! flipped where it fast forwards to what their characterization should be now because they're officially in the second half of the filler arc. Right. Because <laughs> someone says, wait, we know Ichigo, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh my god. Oh, that's who it was? What? <laughs> Oh Kurosaki. God. Ichigo Kurosaki? Oh <laughs> my god. And like the impetus for this current episode is literally, hey, y'all are friendly with this guy, right? Alright, I'm gonna go talk to him then. <laughs> the the next like the episode after this one, like granted, I was like only kind of like three quarters of the way paying attention, I'll be honest. Um, sure. <laughs> the episode after this one is filled with so much stupidity because of this, like, caveat that this season has. <laughs> Both of them it, are, are kind of rough in this regard, yeah, but I think the second... The, the episodes bled together <laughs> extremely hardcore for me, so I don't remember what conflicts are in which episode, but I remember some of them being pretty rough. My My favorite thing is that, like, that flip you mentioned of, like, suddenly, like, it being, you know, oh, no, the characters are back to what they were. We're good. We're good. Uh, one of those just happens in this episode, where it's, like, initially, one of the characters says something that's like, damn, you really just reset back to season one, huh? And then immediately after, he, like, repeats himself, and it's like, Oh, wait, no, you're just, like, doing this thing that's like, oh, no, your characterization is exactly where it was, I guess. Kind of. One of these fights resolves in a way that just made me absolutely furious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Moving forward so we can get to some of these, because holy shit. Um... So after Soifan thinks about her encounter with Ichigo for about 30 seconds, uh, Omaida shows up and is like, hey, I have a report from Squad 3. And Soifan is like, I have to use up more screen time, so what's the what's the report? And Omaida's like, yeah, we haven't found jack shit. <laughs> uh, he asks her if handing over Kenryu and Enryu to the Kasumiyoji clan was the right call. Uh, and she's like, hold on, I'm thinking. And Omida's like, what are you thinking about? And she's like, never mind. Our orders are to let the nobles handle things. Arrest Ichigo. And then she walks off and she's like, I'm getting the punishment force together to arrest Ichigo. The truth can come later. Um, and that ends that scene. Technically. God. She's the worst. <laughs> she really is the worst. I will uh, say, I prefer, I prefer her like this, where she is like, aware and conscious that she is the worst basically right like she's just making the conscious decision to be the most cop where she's like mm-hmm. fuck it i'll throw everyone in jail some people might die and then we'll get right. answers out of them after it's fine and um, also like 
distancing herself from the notion of decision making, right? She's yeah. actively putting distance between herself and the decisions that are made to deploy force, which I think is quite interesting. They're not doing anything with it, but there is no character in all of Bleach that I want to like more conceptually <laughs> than Soifon, who I just constantly am reminded sucks so bad. Like, this is honestly maybe the most characterization that the franchise has ever given her. Other than, like, how she deals slash feels about um, Yoroichi. Right, and her big decision here is the decision functionally not to make a decision, right? Yeah. She's but it's like, ah, like, I'm I... in conflict with my orders. I suppose I'm not. It is yeah. interesting, but yeah. Yeah, like, I, I like her in this mode, as opposed to earlier in the arc where she was just like, fuck everything, we need to capture Ichigo because that's what Captain Yamamoto said. Here it's like, pause, wait, hmm, no, Captain Yamamoto told us we have to catch him, fuck it, we're gonna catch him. Like, <laughs> Welcome to Bleach, the show where consistency is made up and the characterization doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Because uh, the, the thing for me here is I, I absolutely agree that, like, this is, like, probably the most characterization that Soifan's gotten in the show thus far. The thing is, I don't trust the filler arc or the show not to walk it back an episode and a half from now. I mean, walking it back assumes that they're going to spend more time on this. That's true. They're just That's going to ignore true. whatever happened. <laughs> They're, they're either going to ignore it ever happened, and Soifan's suddenly going to be fine with Ichigo again, or they're going to, like, just do the same thing and make it seem like it's a new revelation, where Soifan is going to be like, wait a second, I fucking hate that guy, arrest Ichigo! And it, it's I mean, got to be one of the two. <laughs> don't forget, this entire story is happening in a different place in a different time that isn't really part of the current things that are happening in the Bleach episodes. Yeah, this is part of the Tommy Westfall universe. God. So, Squad 3 is taking a meal break. Amagai returns, explaining to Kira that he left the rest of Squad 2 and is taking a break himself. He asks Kira, has Ki how, he asks Kira how Kibune has been acting, and Izuru says nothing suspicious as of yet, which Amagai says is a good thing. It never feels good to be suspicious of your teammates. Squad 3 asks the captain to join them, while Kira emily watches on as Kibune laughs with the squad. It, so do you I, think Kira has already had lunch, or if these people were just, like, completely ignoring him and inviting Captain to have lunch with them? I think Kira hasn't eaten in three days. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got that vibe. Everyone just going like, damn Kira, your fasting sure is working, alright, bye. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, I'm not eating because I want to eat with you guys. He's like my I, cat uh, in that sort of regard. <laughs> oh my god, we can't get into like cat boy Izuru Kira like shit because I know that has to exist somewhere, and I know it's probably very cursed. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to go there right now. <laughs> I, it, I think that would kind of kill the vibe. 
uh, that this episode is taking right now, the forms that we are forming. Elsewhere, in the fucking Kasumiyoji estate, uh, this is probably my favorite scene in this episode, I'm gonna be real, and it's explicitly for one moment that will show up in this paragraph. Um, Kamoi tells his men to keep a tight watch, and then immediately goes evil mode for, like, a minute inside of his brain. Like, <laughs> the, the anime lets us know this by, like, doing, like, a dark vignette on the top and bottom of the screen to be, like, he's thinking very intensely and evilly. Uh, and he's like, man, they slipped away again. The Gote 13's fucking useless, man. And then a woman calls out his name, and instantly this, like, this is, like, maybe five seconds later. The vignette disappears, and he's like, oh, I'm back into nice mode. I'm a good guy. I'm not Palpatine, I swear. Uh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I just had to rewatch this, like, five times, because I was losing my shit uncontrollably at that. Because it, it's just so <laughs> dumb. He really is just walking around being like, the Jedi have caused my skin to age. <laughs> uh, do you think that's what happened? Do you think, like, he got fucked up in, like, some kind of Bakoto duel, and that's <laughs> why he's so old and wrinkly? <laughs> I mean, I think he's old and wrinkly because he's ancient. <laughs> that's also now, a possibility, I guess, but that wouldn't be expecting the bullshit from Bleach, my friend. I mean, maybe he got fucked up 500 years ago or something. Or maybe he's actually only... Maybe he's like Toshiro's age. It's so hard to tell. The age doesn't mean anything in Bleach. <laughs> yeah. It's so I bet Toshiro's older live... than a bunch of people. I, I can't I can't talk about... I don't understand the life cycles of the Soul Society. It's so confusing. Neither does Kubo. <laughs> Correct. For all we know, Yamamoto could be like 30. We know for a fact that Rukia is over 50. Okay, you know Yeah, I, I assume, frankly, that most characters are several hundreds of years old. Yeah, like, Yamamoto is, <laughs> can, well, like, as far as we are aware, we know he's at least a thousand, I think? I think so, yeah, he's basically on and, Yoda mode. And I think he's the only person... Okay, t so taking an, taking an extra sidebar from this sidebar... Are, <laughs> Are y'all aware that Kubo has been posting, like, the OG, uh, organization, uh, not Organization 13, the yeah. OG <laughs> Gote 13 on Twitter? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not. I haven't been on Twitter, like, at all lately. Yeah. Well, because Kubo remains fully on his bullshit. Anyways, uh, be aware for anyone listening to it, and somehow... Following on with the show, having not watched Bleach before, there are spoilers for the currently airing uh, Thousand Year Blood War arc, which we're going to get into, like, four years. <laughs> <laughs> At this rate, maybe ten. Maybe ten. Um, but yeah, there are there are spoilers for currently airing Bleach anime as part of that uh, list of characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, hmm. And I was like, oh, right, that is a, that's a spoiler. This is podcasting, folks. We're doing it. Yeah, we're making yeah. things happen. Right. Uh, so we're having um, fully important conversations. So yeah, when last we, you know, we're talking, um, Squad One's Mace Windu was squaring off against 
uh, Yokaku Kumoi. And it wasn't going so right, well right, for right. him. Right. Uh, <laughs> On account of the shatter so, points. Yes, the the shatter points. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, so, after fucking Kamoi exits evil mode, a, like, the woman who called out to him is like, hey, should we, like, feed Verdicchio? And Kamoi is like, no. She's locked in her room because of the, like, disturbance to her wedding. That was totally not, like, a fake wedding. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it for even half a second. I, like, just don't do it. Uh, anyway, she's locked in her room. Meals are unnecessary for now. Bye. And he leaves. It's wild. Um, it's, I, it is I absurd. Love <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Because she's like, so what... What are we, you know, like, we've had, we have several rooms that are completely destroyed. What are we going to do for, like, the, the ladies' lunch, right? Like, do I, is she going to come to the dining room? Like, should I bring it to her room or whatever? And he's just like, do you have any idea how sad she is because of her wedding being canceled? <laughs> no, she doesn't taking need a food. sad nap. She's not going to be taking any food now. Think about what you're saying, woman. We can now order the dominoes tomorrow. <laughs> Whoever, when sad are they, are sad are eating the food in the mouth. <laughs> nah. Well, it's just incredible, like, no, she doesn't need food. Stop, stop asking about it. Go away. Leave. You're fired. The thing that makes this even funnier is that immediately after he walks off, and he's, like, walking through the forest or whatever, he just starts to think about how evil he is. Like, straight up, he's just like, damn, I'm evil. And, I I mean, I guess I didn't expect Kenobi to be taken, but I'm a fucking mastermind otherwise. I'm so goddamn evil. Um, Aside from this one then- huge error... <laughs> It's like me when I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I make the one error and I'm like, I'm a fucking genius. Holy shit. And then I lose next turn. Um, But he thinks back to Rurichio's Return to Soul Society, an extremely confusing series of flashbacks that don't seem to have any real rhyme or reason or exact placement in time that I can think of except the last one. They don't Uh, do much to clarify much of anything. (laughs) I think the flashback is fine. The point that the the part where it gets really confusing is the point where it clearly becomes a flash forward, like it becomes a time skip, and the flashback just melds into the sky time skip. And because yep. they're both taking place at night, it's hard. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, is this something that happened back then? No, this is happening now in the present. This I is think. in the present, yeah. And this has happened before in Bleach too. Like I remember this like being a thing that actually happened like during the Arankar arcs. Uh, so, like, it's not unheard of for Bleach to do this weird series of flashbacks that suddenly is forward in time, and then, like, switching off between the two, and it's really weird every time. Um, so he thinks back to her return to Soul Society, uh, not the one that she just did. A a return to Soul Society, like, one of the times she, like, supposedly snuck off and then came back. Um, and... No, this is the the one that she just did. That's actually later. That that is later, um, and I, I have reasoning for this. Um, so this first time, um, 
he welcomes her back with open arms and announces a celebratory toast. Um, then we get flashes of her childhood after that. Um, and if you pause here, you can see, I believe, Kamoi here watching over her or somebody watching over her, if it's not Kamoi. Uh, and then upon her most recent time returning, uh, she's like, wow, I love Soul Society. It's so pretty. And then she's captured by a bunch of ninjas and then put in a literal cage. And now we're in the present uh, because... Uh, we, we, we get to the present after this point, because we, we see her get captured by the ninjas, and then it skips forward again to basically in the present. I just have to say, it's really funny. She walks through the gate, and is like, oh, wow, no, there's no security. I wonder what that's about. And then she moves forward a little bit, and then 18 ninja, like, drop in front of her, and she's just like, oh, dear. She's like, well, shit. So, I have a different understanding of the sequence of events that happens than you do. Okay, I'm I'm here, I'm happy to hear it. Here is my thesis. Kumoi is told, "Hey, she's coming back because we have like weird eye bugs in in the in between." <laughs> oh, they've got security <laughs> toads. So our security toads have spotted her. We know that she's coming. We're because we're like. Keep, we're keeping an eye out on this. Secret. Yes, which you know what? This is their like this is their private passage, so it makes complete sense that they have it bugged to like tell them when someone's coming through, right? Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. W- why did it not trigger last time that Ichigo's group went through? Doesn't matter. Don't think about it. Um, at this point, Kumoi says, "All right, we're gonna send a f- we're gonna make a f- the fake already replaced Ruichio come through." And when she does that, because it this is the one that we saw coming out like two like two episodes ago or three episodes ago or whatever, actually mm-hmm. arriving with the already dead eyes, everyone's like, "Oh, she's back! Celebrate! Hooray!" And at that point, Kumoi goes, "Well, we should. We're also happy that our princess came back. Everyone should go out drinking. Yes, even you, the guards." And then everyone leaves the premises. Five minutes later, actual Rorichio comes out of the of the gates, looks at a, an empty patch of dirt, and goes, Ah, this is the place where I used to play with my ball as an even smaller child, and then is accosted by ninjas. The sky looks so small here. <laughs> she does say that. Counterpoint. You're absolutely right, but fuck this. None of it matters. <laughs> It's true. I don't really know how much the timeline matters. I think my interpretation is closer to Sam's. That being said, it's all fucking mush. (laughs) No, it is complete and utter nonsense, is the thing. Like, conceptually, the only thing that changes is that, ostensibly, most of the non-ninja personnel are on Ruricio's side. They just aren't aware that they're not dealing with Ruricio herself. I need, like, a fucking, like... I need, like, fucking Sejam in here giving me, like, commentary on the big brain plays that everybody's making so I can understand the succinct timeline of Bleach and what is happening at any given time. Is that not literally what we are doing? That is ostensibly our job, yes. 
that 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 is what we are <laughs> that is what we are here to record today. <laughs> I too would like if someone else did my job for me. I'm giving you the commentary right now. <laughs> Touche. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Now, now that that's all squared away, we can move on to Ruccio. Yeah, I just think the that the commentary, cage. generally speaking, isn't at their best <laughs> when they haven't slept in 36 hours. <laughs> I, got I don't no know what you're talking that. about. Everything's been great. <laughs> I'm crying. Holy shit. Listen, if there's one thing oh. I understand about <laughs> podcasting is that your co- your podcast can be on point or it can be entertaining. Sometimes it can be both, but usually it's I, also it's one or the other. Very I feel true. like we're I feel like we are in a weird limbo state of like almost being both but not quite. It's chaos mode, baby. We're one it's third ca- through the first episode and we're one hour past the start of recording. <laughs> Oh, I love this show. I, I fucking love everything <laughs> about this show. Oh, man. So, after the incredibly confusing sequence of events, uh, we see Kibune, uh, who is in the cage room, uh, who Ruri asks about the length of her stay in the cage. He says to let her out shortly, as soon as Ichigo is dealt with. Uh, she's surprised to see that Ichigo came after her, but then asks more questions about Kibune's goals, and he's like, you don't need to know about my goals. Uh, and then he calls her simple-minded for, like, trying to theorize about his goals. Um, but he is taken aback when she asks what he's afraid of. Uh, this eventually angers him, uh, and he strikes the cage before leaving and angrily walking through the forest, uh, before encountering a drunken Squad 3 member. Uh, the member is like, hey, bud, I'm drunk! And he's like, wait, shit, you're drunk? Aren't you supposed to be on, like, I don't know, emergency watch or something? Um, and the guy's like, hey, I saw you doing weird things in a weird place, but I'll keep it a secret if you keep me being drunk a secret. Uh, and Kibuna's like, wait, you saw? And then he draws his sword and we cut to a different scene. <laughs> yeah, he reaches for his sword. He's like, well, I guess murder is the answer. <laughs> I I guess the literal most obvious murder I could pull off is the answer. Which is very funny considering what happens in the next episode, where it extremely, yes. it's just like, yeah, nobody says it, right? But <laughs> it should be what's on everybody's mind. If it's not what's on everybody's mind, if that's not how they're thinking, I got some yeah, Ki- big questions. Kira is definitely, like, pointing in that direction in the next episode, um... What I like about this, like, sequence of events is Ruricio being like, yeah, I'm a sheltered princess who basically knows shit about- shit all about the world, but even I can tell that you're scared of shit, you fucking nerd. <laughs> she calls him, like, fucking on nothing. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so- Yeah, it's very funny. It's very funny. She's like, oh, well- I don't know anything about anything, and I can even smell your stink over here, you pussy. I bet she knew. I I bet she knew that Kibune was gay before he did. Probably, yeah. Um. So <laughs> Izuru informs the captain. The ne- this is the next boarding. Uh, that Kibune's gone. He's just fucking like. 
he dipped. He's gone. Uh, but one of the other members uh, of Squad 3, missing as well. Uh, it turns out that a few squad members were secretly drinking last night, and then one of them noticed someone who looked like Kibune and then didn't return. <laughs> and then Kibune, or the per- person who looked like Kibune, I guess, uh, did not check to see if there were any witnesses for his murder. Yeah, it's 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 extremely like, a group of five people are drinking. One of them goes, hey, I think I see Captain Kibune, or Vice or Third Sea Kibune over there. And then I'm going to go say hi. And then he leaves. And then the other four are like, huh, guess he never came back. And I have to say, just in general, right, with the stakes of Soul Society as we've been presented thus far, the murder of a member of the court guard squads is like, a big deal. People are gonna <laughs> cling on to that. Ah, but there, there's a reason this this doesn't come up for the other squads. Yeah, don't worry about it, because Amagai instructs Izuru to search for Kibune while he takes over the search for Ichigo. And that's basically that taken care of. Um, He's like, he's big, ba- because Amagai is ba- he goes into it next episode, but Amagai's whole thing here in these two episodes is like, if this is caused due to a decision that I made, there's no reason for us to tell our bosses about it. <laughs> God. Well, we uh, don't need so, running around telling everyone about my little fuck-ups, you hear? <laughs> my second favorite scene in this episode uh, is now, in this paragraph. Because, meanwhile, Biakia tells Renji that he is leaving the search for each go to him. Uh, and Renji's like, but Captain, what do you plan to do? This is Ichigo and Rukia we're talking about. And there has to be a reason they're acting the way they are. Like, it's Ichigo and Rukia we're talking about, you know? I'm gonna say this twice so I can fill up as much screen time as possible. Um, and then Byakia says, I'm a cop, I'll take down my sister, I haven't learned anything. Anyway, you're in charge, go wild. And then Renji's like, oh, I get it. You're, like, giving it to me because you know that Ichigo and Rukia almost certainly have a good reason for doing this, and you just want to look cool and rich and distant, so you're not gonna... You're not gonna do it yourself. You're just... You're gonna make me do it. Alright, bye. Yeah, basically, it's the compromise with his uh, his whole ideals of, like, if I, a noble, am seen to be giving preferential treatment, it's going to really fuck up our legal system. Instead, I'm going to look like I'm doing my job and then, you know, kind of give you the cover to, like, go do the searching that you want to do as my subordinate, regardless. And I'm just leave. And, you know, if you get in trouble, you get in trouble, but you don't care if you get in trouble, so it's fine. My my theory, my my big brain theory here is that um, all of the nobles are aware of the Kasumiyoji, uh eye bugs uh, and they could be hiding anywhere. Uh, so that's why Byakuya doesn't just openly speak to Renji at all. Uh, that and because he just wants to look cool. Yeah. It's like that, and also, Byakuya would never speak openly to anyone, literally ever, even if it killed him. Mm-mm. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the only time he would speak, like, you know, playingly to somebody is if he was going to sell one of his hairpins. And even then, it, it's a little dicey on whether he would or not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the brand's just too important. He's a man exactly, who understands exactly. the value of brand integrity. <laughs> he, he gets it. 
he understands. You don't make seventeen million off a hairpin, like just not knowing about brand importance. Um, in, in the underground tunnels, Ichigo and Rukia notice someone getting closer, and they decide to move before getting discovered. Uh, unfortunately, immediately after moving, they get discovered, and they have to run. Um, Ichigo briefly wishes Hinatara were here, and honestly, I do too. Uh, and then the gang runs into a dead end, but Rukia finds an exit. Uh, all of that is to fill up screen time. Uh, upon exiting the underground tunnels, they are confronted by Squad 3 and Captain Amagai. And Amagai's like, damn, I was just standing here. I didn't expect to meet you in a place like this. Um, and then Ichigo's like, who the fuck are you? And Amagai's like, I'm the new Captain Amagai. You know, Shunsuke Amagai of Squad 3. Um, and Riki's like, oh, it's the new Captain. Uh, that's why you don't recognize him, Ichigo. Uh, but you know, it, it sucks that it's not another captain, because if it were another captain, we probably could have talked through this, because, you know, that was so effective when they met Soifan. Um, as Amagai draws his blade, Rukia asks him to hear them out, and Amagai's like, yeah, I'll hear you out, uh, on the condition that you come back to the barracks with me. Um, and like, I'm gonna be honest, like, gonna be 100% realsies here, uh, I, I, I acknowledge this is the cop thing of Amagai to do. In this situation, I don't feel like it is that unreasonable. Yeah, no, like, the, the, honestly, Amagai in this episode, I, re- I I actually really like this episode overall. Same. I, I think Amagai just, his actions and speech make sense when people are talking to him in this partic- in this episode specifically. I think the episodes we have been given over time have actually done a pretty solid job of characterizing Amagai and has made him a very likable character for me. Sure, absolutely. Um, I, I I think, like, a lot of the stuff he does in this episode, as well as just, like, over the course of the episodes we've seen, makes me really wish he weren't a filler character, because I actually really like him a lot. <laughs> Um, the I only thing agree, that I'm yeah. not like, I, the only thing I'm not like entirely sold on yet, and like I guess it's probably just because I don't know the full story of what all they do, uh, is I'm not entirely sold on his zompactos, uh, or zompacto plural, but um, you, you know I they could probably grow on me, and I think they have interesting designs at least. Um, that being said, um. As Ruki is, like, trying to make this bargain, and as Amagai, like, gives her the terms of the bargain, which, again, totally reasonable, um, basically, what happens, as I'm trying to, uh, fucking find the spot in this paragraph, uh, I, I can stall for time longer, it's fine. I'm, I'm totally doing a good job at finding this. Okay, I found it. Uh, so after this reasonable fucking bargain, uh, Ichigo is like, Rukia, take care of Kanogi. And he puts Kanogi down because he's been carrying them this, him this whole time. Um, and then the squad prepares to step in and Amagai's like, no, 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 wait, I want to see the skills of this guy. I want to see the substitute Soul Reaper in action. And Ichigo's like, I hope you don't regret it. And then the do- the two begin to fight. Uh, there is uh, some decently solid moments in terms of animation here. Uh, just cause, like, I, I do like that this fight is 
definitely like more focused on like the physicality of their fighting and like the cool little sword moves that Amagai's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Amagai like pretty quickly realizes he won't be able to take Ichigo down without trying. Uh, he releases one of his Zanpakuto, the one we haven't seen before, which is Raika. Uh, it's like a fiery blade with a hook at the end. Uh, and a handguard made of white exhaust pipes on the hilt. Um, I yeah, didn't realize like, what if his exhaust pipes were shells. <laughs> it, it's that exactly. It is also Did an extremely keyblade ass design. Yeah, Amagai unleashes his keyblade. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. Pulls out his fucking keyblade. God. So, oh, so this is why you were talking about Organization 13 earlier. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Um... So, um, he tells Ichigo the fight will get serious, uh, you know, as a fireball forms within the curve of the hook, which is kind of a cool effect. I like that. Uh, revealing the blade to be actually silver, uh, as it comes down with a fiery blast. Uh, the two continue to trade blows, flames coming out of Rika's handguard as the two clash, and eventually, uh, Kenogi has had enough. He's like, wait, I've realized the solution to all of our problems. And he runs between the two of them, begging Amagai to stop. And Amagai's like, wait a second, hold on, uh, time out, time out. Why are you choosing to step in? Didn't he, like, kidnap you? Like, aren't you being held hostage? Didn't he ruin your wedding? Uh, and Kenogi's like, uh, no, none of those things. Actually, he was trying to help Ruchio, and I went with them out of my own will. And Amagai's like, well, damn, okay, why didn't you lead with that? Um, <laughs> it really is, like, just like that. Um, but, uh, Kenoki goes on to further explain that he always has wanted, like, Ruichio to be happy, and he always felt like he couldn't do anything to help her, uh, but Ishigo and Rukia have helped him decide he wants to save her, and tears stream down his face as he continues to plead, uh, and Amagai finally lowers his blade, uh, agreeing to hear them out. Uh, and he's like, damn, after seeing this kid cry, I don't want to fight. That just, like, took away all my desire to fight. Did it take away your desire to fight? It took away my desire to fight. Uh, so he instructs the rest of the squad to put their swords away, too. Uh, the gang explains the situation to Amagai, thankfully not filling out more screen time. Uh, and Amagai laments the reluctance of Yamamoto to meddle in the affairs of nobles. And honestly, I fucking feel that, dude. Um, yeah. He expl- he explains they need concrete evidence before the Goatee 13 will get involved. Uh, and Ichigo explains there is. The Bakoto. There is an interesting moment here, because this does seem to spark some kind of realization in Amagai. Um, like, some sort of, like, um, recollection of what the Bakoto is. So, it, I, it, it, I'm not sure if he actually knows. It's unclear. But, like, that's how it read to me, was that he he knows something about the Bakoto that, like, he doesn't expect other people to know about, I guess. Um, I am wondering if his, like, extras in Bakuto are actually Bakotos. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's very possible, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, Ichigo explains further what the Bakoto are, just to make sure we don't forget what the Bakoto are. Uh, and then Amagai asks what they intend to do. Ichigo and Ruki express their intent to save Ruri and expose Kamoi. And Amagai's like, well, and when you put it that way, I'll help. And so will Squad 3. Uh, he tells them that he thinks siding with them will resolve this all more quickly. 
and tells one of his squad mates to inform Kira of the decision. And the episode ends with Kenogi's thoughts of gratefulness. We've done it. We've made it to the end of the first episode this week. Boom. <laughs> Almost. Uh, there Almost. is a post-credit scene, though, uh, because we get a uh, we get a shot of Isane in the women's association, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get some." Su-. Wait, the door's locked. The door's not opening. Yeah, true. The door's not opening. What do we do? And cut to the other side of the wall where Biaki is like making a contractor seal up the hidden entrance that they're using as a clubhouse, <laughs> and I'm like, "All of these ladies are vice captain level or higher." <laughs> like. If you trap them in a room with no exit, they're just gonna break through your mansion, right? Like, yeah, it's the bit that never stops giving, you know. Yeah, except they don't need to break through the wall because immediately next to the door, another door opens up, and Yachu's <laughs> like, "Don't worry, Biaki, we were, there was a second door right here," <laughs> and we are Very once good. again treated to the most horrified Biaki has ever looked. It, it, it it's ups great. its ante every week. It's beautiful. Big fan. God. Y'all want to take a break? Let's cut the break. Cut the break. Then let's get back into it with episode 183 The Darkness Which Moves. Kibune's true colors. Do you think Kibune is evil? No, but I think we might be seeing his true colors. Mm. Oh man, I hope so. His true colors, huh? What if he like takes off his uh, his hakama or his haori, and it's like his like weird fur shirt is actually completely tie dyed? I would love that just Hawaiian tie-dye just being like I've actually been on vacation this whole time god I I I want I want the reveal uh to be that he's wearing like a trans pride like shirt (laughs) under his haori um because he's actually trans and that's what he's so afraid of, is being outed. So he wears the, the, the flag on himself, I see. Yeah, exactly. He wears it under the Howry, though, so it's never revealed. Yeah, that's dialectics. Uh, because if, if he weren't wearing it under the Howry, it would be, like, in his closet. And, like, Kamoi, who knows if Kamoi's searching through there. I guess, living in the barracks, maybe he'd be like... Then the army inspector would find it. Exactly. And everybody knows you can't be gay in soul society or you'll get kicked out. I mean, that's patently untrue. Look at Kira. Okay, you know what? Point taken. Anyways, the episode begins with Omida, uh, the vice captain of squad two, basically telling his squad, ah, everyone's just fucking whatever. Just stay put and keep looking. It's fine. Like, I don't actually give a shit what all the other squads are doing. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we see Kira like searching for Kibune, uh, and like a hell butterfly comes in and just tells him, "By the way, your squad is your captain is teaming up with Ichigo." Okay, bye. Uh, over with Ichigo, we learn that 
most of Squad 3 are going back to the barracks, uh, except for the three dudes that are usually hanging out with uh, Kibune. You know, the, like, squad of future sickos, as I'm calling them. Oh, I yeah, still but... am assuming that these guys are going to, like, join Kibune into being the next, like, Bato- Bakoto squad. The squad who, like, every chance they get is just, like, absolutely shitting on Kira. Yes. Uh, yeah. But, like, so they're the only ones from Squad 3 that are, like, still going to help Ichigo. And Amagai's reasoning is basically being, I'm the one who's choosing to ignore orders and help you, so I'm letting my squad go away and not like i'm not telling them to help you i'm doing it myself because that way if we get in trouble over this i'm the only one who gets in trouble basically um and then he just proceeds to tell ichigo like about kibune and the other half of the arc's plot (laughs) it's like finally the two plots have joined as one they did it (sighs) they finally did it uh meanwhile There are some Shinigami who spots them doing this, and they report to their captain, who reports to Yamamoto, and Yamamoto's like, absolutely not. Fuck, someone arrest that man. I'm a Get the Keto Cannon ready. Get that Keto Cannon ready, guys. Convene all of the fucking captains. We need to have a talk. (laughs) Uh, At this point, we see uh, Iba leading a squad to go find Amagai, and they butt heads with Renji's squad. And meanwhile, at the same time, Squad Eleven's crew is, like, running wild, and they... It's weird, because they meet up with Hisagi and only Hisagi. Like, he doesn't have any squad mates with him. It's just the vice captain of Squad Nine. Uh, And then just when he's like, Alright, well, you guys are clearly not listening to me. I'm gonna fucking beat you up. Ikaku shows up to fight him. (laughs) I'm realizing that by the end of this show... I'm going to have, like, a perfectly mapped out flowchart of how every Bleach episode can go. Hmm. Because, like, about 80% of the time they're in Soul Society. About 80%, I would say. Uh, there's, like, a fucky situation, and Yamamoto gets word of it, and he's like, fuck, call the captains together, we're getting an emergency meeting. Um, and then the captains don't all do what they're told and then he's like fuck call another emergency meeting and it's it's just all the time all the time in soul society they're always having these yeah like it's just so many captains meetings and then and then Uh, part part of the flow chart is that the captains start fighting each other for some reason (laughs) or different squad mates start fighting each other for some reason (laughs) yeah so here we've got like renji and iba and renji's like hey, maybe we should fucking listen to Ichigo and Rukia for once in your goddamn lives. And Iba's like, listen, I know you like them, but like, sorry, bro, orders come from the top. If you don't leave, I'm gonna knock you out. And Renji says, fine, let's fucking fight. Uh, (laughs) uh, We do cut to like the three bozos for a second just to be like, okay, so I spoke to the security guys and they said that Amagai is under suspicion of being a traitor. Uh, but he, like, no one else in Squad 3 is because he, like, sent them back to the barracks. And then the three of them are like, fuck, we usually leave, like, the decision-making to, like, our captains and vice-captains. We actually have to think about what we're, like, where we're positioning ourselves in this shit show, huh? Um, I do really like that, where all three of them are like, oh, fuck, we have to actually think about what we're doing. God damn it. (laughs) This is a problem. Yeah, I think this is also the only time, in my memory at least, that we've seen, 
like these are still the three shit talkers, right? Because yes. uh, I'm pretty sure this is the only time I can remember that they've been like, "Damn, is Yuzuru okay? Like, is he good?" Yeah, that it's like the only time. Yeah. Also, I think like one of them gets named for the first time in this episode. I think so, but I can't remember what his name is. Doesn't the matter. wiki is not helping me right now, anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, over with Kira, his search has brought him into a shed. <laughs> he's just in a random <laughs> shed in the woods, and he's like, damn, I can't find Kibune. And then he goes outside and he's like, I don't know him that much. Maybe I should be talking to named character who received the name today. They actually talked with him about shit. But then he flashes back to the arena that they were supposed to use for joint training. Oh yeah, he did show us of a secret area, and he rushes over in that in that area because he's like, well, he's probably hiding there, right? <laughs> he's probably <laughs> hiding there. Uh, back with like Renji and Ikaku and Ibo and Hisagi, just like the the two pairs, each in their own like corner of Soul Society, have started fighting with each other. Uh, and Renji and Ikaku are both like, bro, have you met Ichigo? There is a reason <laughs> that they're doing... Like, Ikaku even straight up says, like, they're on the case of something that we haven't, like, caught on yet. Like, they are literally tracking something that is happening that none of us have realized. Uh, <laughs> and, I... <laughs> yeah. Uh, go on. Keep... I, I I was just gonna say I I want in the future of Soul Society, uh, once this arc gets resolved, what I want is I want them to have a single CRT TV in like the the inner circle of Soul Society, like in in Yamamoto's office, and I want them every single time that Ichigo breaks into Soul Society to take care of some business. I, I want there to be, like, a VHS tape. It's, like, one of those classroom CRT TVs. And it's just an instructional video on what to do when Ichigo has a good reason for coming to Soul Society to take care of some business. Yeah. Because I think that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, because right now they're just both, like, Iba and Hisagi are both like, yeah, well, that's no reason to cause an uproar and kidnap a noble. Like... He's he should just be telling us through the official channels, you know? And you know, all of them are just two cops to cops. I feel like Eisen could come in at any moment and be like, hey, sorry about all that weird shit I did like a bit ago. I did that because Ichigo's evil, and everyone in Soul Society would believe him. They would. <laughs> um over in the captain's meeting, Yamamoto's like, arrest everyone and don't you fucking dare investigate the nobles. So weird. <laughs> Which, Ukitake is like, hey, boss, that's kind of weird. Like, that's that's weird, right? Like, it's weird? Maybe we should trust Ichigo? Maybe we should investigate- You know, even even if we don't trust Ichigo, maybe we should investigate the nobles. Absolutely do not, under any circumstance, investigate the nobles. Fuck you. And it's like, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Kira, at this point, meets up with uh, some of his squad who hadn't gone back to the barracks, and they're like- Hey, remember that guy we told you about that went out drinking because he thought he saw Kibune? Well, we found his corpse. <laughs> and he's like, oh. He's extremely dead. Um, okay then. You guys go back to the barracks and I'm gonna go to the arena and 
kill this motherfucker. <laughs> so he goes. I- he goes to the arena and re- like he hears Riccio like lockpicking her way out of her cage and escaping, and she's like, "Thank God, there's no guards." Oh, there's eighteen inches. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should know that they could do this by now. And Listen, I, I hate to break it to you, Mauricio, but you're like in the dark zone where Kamoi's evil plans dictate that there must be ninjas at all given times. Yeah, she, well, see, the thing is, she took a step on the wrong seed and she triggered the <laughs> random encounter. God damn it. She had to walk diagonally at that point. That's what happened. You're right. She just stepped on the wrong tile, the the battle music started playing, and it was all over from there. It's <laughs> like, fuck. Kira's seeing this happen, and then he is suddenly surrounded by ninjas as well. Uh, he takes them out pretty easily, but then there are more ninjas, and these guys have tentacle hilt swords. And he's like, well, fuck. These guys are actually kind of strong. He hears Rorichio call all of these dudes, like, you're all men of the Kasumiyoji clan. I'm the fucking princess. I'm going to get you fired. <laughs> As she's being dragged away. And, you know, he just keeps fighting. Uh, meanwhile, Iba stops his fight with Renji to say, like, You know, it is kind of weird and fucked up how just how much chaos. Not the fact that, like, we're not trusting Ichigo. But even if you put that aside, like, how much chaos and, like, division there is between the ranks over this, like, order to go to go after Ichigo. Because most of them, like, most of us, like, trust him and are, like, friends with him. So, alright, fine, Renji, you got me. What if we, like, go look for him and then we can prove his innocence that way? And, like, on the, like, as this is happening, Hisagi and Ikaku are also having kind of the same conversation, except Hisagi is more of a, like, what if he's actually wrong? And then Ikaku's response is, then I'll fucking kill him myself. Easy as. Like, God. It, like, it's so simple. We assume he's right. We find him and get him to tell us what's happening. Uh, and then if he actually is evil, we fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, I, I guess that, that'll work. Yeah, and then back with Kira, he finally slays the last ninja, He, but then he's attacked by Kibune, and we end the episode here. I guess they'll probably have a showdown next week. Cool. Um, and to really close us off, we've got the post credit scene where Renji and Hisagi are just walking around, and Renji's like, oh man, I'm so fucking hungry. And Hisagi's like, don't worry about it, bro. I'll show you a real good place to eat. And they just show up at Omida's house? And Omida's like, oh, you're here again? Sure, help yourself to my leftovers. And <laughs> Isagi's like, mmm, all you can eat, noble food. Great. And Renji's just like, bro, don't you, ah, oh, don't you have any pride, my guy? Like, he just goes to his co-worker's place to eat his leftovers. Wild. It's really good. <laughs> It's, it's a really good post-credits bit. I don't know. I feel like they've been slamming them out lately, personally. Yeah, just... Hisagi just taking infinite L's this episode. <laughs> Big time. Like, mm-hmm. here and also just throughout the episode proper. Yeah. He's just... An infinite amount of losses. Awful. I do want to say, I said earlier in the first half of the episode that one of these fights just made me 
incandescently angry. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it was the um, the Tetsuzaimon fight. Yeah. Which resolves by Tetsuzaimon just going like, oh, right. Everything that you've said right before we started fighting. And, yeah. and there are ways in which fights, especially in this kind of genre fiction, are stand-ins for... Um, like emotional and social exchanges, clashes of ideology, the ways in which, you know, um, conflict brings about change, not necessarily physical conflict, but philosophical conflict, yada, yada, yada. But there wasn't really mm-hmm. any of that subtext running through the fight. It just hits the end, and then he's like, oh, yeah. And so it's like, why did you pick up your fucking sword then? What yeah, changed? It is almost, what happened? It, it is almost as if Iba's decision, like Tetsuzaimon's decision in this fight, was basically, "Bro, you're my you're my junior, and I'm telling you, we have to order, we have to obey the orders from the top, and we're doing it." And then he's like, "You're saying things, but you probably don't believe them." And then they fought a while, and it was like, "Oh, actually, you know what? You you probably do believe this like properly. You you probably." like, are actually thinking about this, so maybe I'll give a thought to what you're saying. Oh. Which is kind of nonsense at this point. I don't know how to tell you, but a lot of these episodes, or a lot of this episode, at least, kind of nonsense. It, it's all just, it's all just, you know, squad members fighting each other, and then you know, people being like, well, I guess we're not fighting Ichigo. Or are we fighting Ichigo? I don't even know anymore. And then Yamamoto being like, it's okay, just don't fucking in- interfere with the nobles. And that's all that matters in Bleach at this point. Yeah, frankly, a lot of this episode could be um, improved by adding a little timer at the bottom through the different scenes, right? That is just them filling up how much screen time they need to occupy. <laughs> and when they hit the quota... One of the people involved in the fight just goes, oh my god, duh, <laughs> sorry, we should stop now. Yeah, because honestly, like, if you, because if you, even if you look at the fights from like a, like purely like their purpose in the narrative, there isn't any, really? Because uh, um, even if you're like, okay, well, we're, we want to give something to like these fan favorite characters like Renji and Ikaku, we want to bring them in and show how they're like clearly on Ichigo's side. And they're even willing to fight their friend, but like they're not even showing the fights. No, the, like right. they cut away before every single fight, and then they cut back when they're talking. Like they're they're not even showing any of their fights. Like they're not even like being like, here's some Renji like fan service, or here's some like Ikaku fan service. It's like we see two or three swings of their swords, and then it's like, remember how Ikaku is a character who has this weapon? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, okay, sure he does. Um, he, he sure does. Yeah, it was pretty rough, in my opinion. Uh, um, because yeah, the what changes as the fights progress is very, very minimal. And it, again, it doesn't feel like an authentic change in perspective has occurred. It just feels like they're clocking out. <laughs> yeah, like Iba's just going. All right, I guess last time I fought you, fucking other vice captains, I was in the wrong. I suppose. Hmm. <laughs> And there's also this and the- thing for me where it also makes the Soul Society look 
like it's consistently on the verge of absolute fucking collapse. <laughs> yeah! It, it is. You would think that Hisagi, of all people, like, Hisagi, the guy whose own captain betrayed him? Yep. Like, you would think that he would think twice before being like, what if we go after the guy who uh, saved our ass last time? Like, God. Rough stuff. Rough, rough, rough stuff. Um... Woof. That's that's all I gotta say. I just I figured yeah. hey, I said that. I don't want to leave that as a, a hanging thread for listeners of the podcast. That's the fight that really pissed me off. All of them kind of do it, but there's something about the like the layout and structure of this conflict with Iba that destroyed me. It just it it, it inf- incensed me. Honestly yeah, it, though, you're valid. Very much a uh why are you even here moment. <laughs> yeah, that's, it really, yeah. I, I don't have anything to add on that. It, I'm in full agreement. And I know it's not easy to make filler. Filler is like a difficult thing. You have a bunch of really difficult, weird constraints on you from narrative and production standpoints. I'm also going to point at the piece of finished art that we're engaging with and say, I still don't think it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I there feel are... like it I feel like it's been a minute since we've gotten like an extremely good bleach episode. Maybe the finale will be like super good and it'll end in a satisfying manner that'll make us go Ah, uh, that sure was better than the Karya fight. I gotta say, folks, you know, I'm regretting my words and my deeds right now. <laughs> Are you uh, regretting that blood pact yet? Oh no, I'm. That was just me sort of projecting myself into the situation where they do end this season, and it, it it's super good. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I, I see. God. Well, potential is there somehow. Somehow. I think that about does it for this week's uh strange episode of It'll Wash Out of Le- Bleach Rewatch podcast, in which I think all of us kind of entered the hell dimension there for a little bit. Um, but you know, we pulled through. We made it. And, uh, I'm going to work on a flow chart, uh, after this, but until then, uh, I guess, uh, Sam, I'm not entirely clear. Are you running our social, social media now since you have our co-host or what, what is going on here? I'm not. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. The, the Twitter is the official Bleachcast place to be at Bleachcast. Uh, yeah, we do you- have a co-host too, but. Yeah, it's a I thing. Mean, we have the co-host. I mostly grabbed it so that we have it. Uh, That's if fair. We, if we want to actually post something, we can start posting stuff. You can, we can. There is a way that you could share a page with someone else. Uh, there's no way to do it within the like API because co-host is an incredibly small team that are very overwhelmed. But you can send like if you want to we can send an email to the co-host people and be like, hey, I would like this page to also, like, 
be accessed by this person, and then you would also have co-host access. Okay. I mean, we, we can definitely do that. We will we will see about the co-host being, like, an actual thing. I, I feel like just saying the co-host may be, like, 20 years older somehow. I am um, the co-host. <laughs> I am the one who... I, I don't have anything here. I was going to make a Breaking Bad joke, and then I lost it halfway through. Look at me. Uh, Look at me. I'm the co-host now. <laughs> okay, you did it. You did it. Perfect. Thank you. Quinn, salvage my joke, everybody. Uh, I can tear up this contract now, and you're free to go. Whoo, see me never again on this podcast, folks. Later, nerds. They don't they don't know about the copy I had made like don't don't tell them it'll break their heart. Um anyway, you can find me on co-host at Verse. You can find uh me on Tumblr at Floral Espers and uh yeah, that does it. What about the show socials? I I I did. Did we? All that talk about the co-host. Yeah, but- I'm sure if you we, poke oh, around, about the co-host. if you poke around on co-host and you start looking for it, it'll wash out. I'm sure it'll come up. It's it's on the Twitter somewhere. Yeah, but did you talk about the Twitter in the email? Yeah, it's it's at Bleachcast. All right, I'll pop it again right there, just for you. I'm on the uh, I'm on Twitter at SSBSLJ. I'm on. Twitter. I think I'm on the I'm on the co-host under the same name, but I'm not entirely certain. So you know, <laughs> we're just calling it the co-host now. Yeah. I'm on Twitter at MonkeyPieQuinn. That's M O N K I P I Q U I N N, and I might be on the co-host under the same name or just MonkeyPie. That's M O N K I P I. Uh, so that's my social. <laughs> All right. Well, you'll catch me uh on the um on the flip side and uh i hope y'all have a great week maybe two maybe three maybe all of them i hope you all have great weeks all the time stay cool chats and uh don't put yourself down keep an eye out for security toads you know i feel like we have very solid advice Uh, throughout this entire end segment here, and I think it's the best one we've ever done.
今しいた耳で開かれた目で二度とない空気を噛みしめて気がついた幻に今にも崩れそうでも心が叫び続けるならどこに Say yeah.